In this podcast, you're going to learn how to use OPM or other people's money to help fund your commercial real estate deals. You see, many of us real estate investors get to the point where we run out of our own money, but we cannot and must not stop. Every real estate investor, no matter what level you're at, you must learn the basics of using other people's money to help fund your deals. This process is called real estate syndication, and this is the subject of today's podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Peter Harris with Commercial Property Advisors, author of the book, Commercial Real Estate Investing for Dummies. Also, I'm author of my new best-selling book, Commercial Real Estate for Beginners. And lastly, I'm also a coach and mentor to many commercial real estate investors all across America. You're going to learn what is real estate syndication, why we do it, and the three ways to profit greatly from it. You're also going to learn the four most important things to know when raising capital. I'm also going to share with you how to find investors and how many investors do you need. And I'm also going to share with you how to convince investors to invest with you. I'm also going to give you the top three questions investors will ask you. So you better be prepared to answer those questions. And lastly, I'm going to go over with you a real deal example. So let's get started. Number one is, what is real estate syndication? Raising capital from private individuals is called syndication. It's an effective way for investors to pool their financial resources together to invest in properties much bigger than they could afford on their own. Okay, that's what syndication is. Now, here's why we do it. Let's say you have an outstanding deal, but you don't have a down payment, right? You can syndicate it. You can get others to help you fund the deal. Second reason why is, let's say you have a down payment, but you have no experience and no confidence that you can operate the property. In that case, you would syndicate it. You would get experienced partners, bring them in to take down the project. The third reason why is, you can close on more deals by leveraging partnerships and others' financial resources, all right? And number four, which is my favorite, you can use syndication for retirement planning. So many people, including myself, we use syndication as our pension. Now, the fifth reason of why you may want to consider doing syndication is you can make really good amount of monthly income through three things, asset management, acquisition fees, or if you're an agent, you can earn lots of commission if you could um, sell your own deals. All right, let's move on to the four most important things to know when raising capital. Number one is a relationship-based business. All right, so I want you to relax, be yourself, and be genuinely interested in the person you're dealing with, in the potential investor. Uh, call them back when you, when you say you're going to call them back. Do what you say you're going to do. Make sure you're a very good follow-up individual, okay? You will hear me always on my other podcasts and videos that commercial real estate is a relationship-based business. If you don't get that, you're not going to be successful in raising capital. That's the first important thing. The second thing is you need to put the investor first and yourself second. I want you to take this mentality. Let's say when you're raising capital that you're raising it from your grandmother, and this is her life savings. If you take if you take that mentality, how well would you would you watch over the money? You would be a very good steward, right? You'd be very careful. You wouldn't put her money into any iffy deals. 
okay? Only the best deals, okay? So number two is to put the investor first and yourself second. Number three is your capital raising efforts need to be systematized and structured for efficiency and legal reasons, okay? That's number three. That's That speaks um, for itself. But it leads me to number four, which is to get an attorney who's experienced in, in real estate syndication. You see, because real estate syndication is all about compliance to the strict laws, rules, and regulations that are set up to protect the investor. So before you syndicate any deal, let alone speak to any investor, make sure you understand those laws and regulations. Get an attorney to help you. Don't do this without the help from an experienced attorney or you could get yourself in big trouble. So when you hire an attorney who's experienced, uh, they will get you the exact documents you need. They'll give you the proper and lawful disclosures you need. And they'll give you the legal protection that you need to close a deal with a private investor. You forget just one of these things and you could be opening yourself up to a lawsuit or even worse. There is a government agency out there called the SEC, the Security and Exchange Commission, and their purpose is to protect investors from dangerous or illegal financial practices or even fraud by requiring uh, full and accurate financial disclosures by you, the syndicator, okay? And your attorney will do this for you. This podcast will not cover the legalities of syndication. I uh, just don't have the time for it, and it's not my expertise. That's why I have the attorneys. They do that, okay? All right, that's my disclaimer. So hire an attorney if you're going to syndicate a deal. All right, let's focus now on uh, the three ways you can profit from real estate syndication. The first way is through acquisition fees. So as a syndicator of real estate, you typically receive compensation for finding a deal, for doing due diligence, for an, and even structuring a deal. Now, these acquisition fees can range anywhere between 1% to 5% of um, the, the, the project size. For example, if this is a $5 million deal, 5% of that is $250,000. Or you can simply choose a flat fee, let's say twenty-five dollars or $50,000. It can be a flat fee. Now, these fees are generally negotiable uh, with your investors uh, that you bring into the deal. Just make sure your fees aren't too high or, or the investors may be leery to invest with you. The second way to profit from real estate syndication is to get asset management fees, right? So uh, this fee is generally uh, 1% to 5% of your gross monthly income on the property. So an asset manager, to get asset management fee, what your role is, is to manage the partnership, okay? Is to manage the syndication is to send out the notices, to give updates to the investors, is to oversee the property management, is to um, help organizing the tax preparation. It's all those things. So you are managing the asset. You're not doing the property management. You're just overseeing the property management. You're overseeing the asset, okay, the entire structure of the partnership. And because of that, you're entitled to a monthly asset management fee. So here's the third way. This is probably the best way and probably the most lucrative way to make a profit, and that's through equity participation, right? You can be compensated through equity participation in the project. 
This is basically your ownership stake or your equity stake in a project. And it can range between 5% ownership or 50% ownership depending on your experience and you know what you bring to the deal. Are you bringing money and experience or just money or just experience? All right, so that will determine the 5% and the 50%. So normally your investors will receive, let's say, a rate of return of 8% on their invested capital. And then the remaining cash flow uh, will be split between you and your investors at whatever percentage that was agreed upon. Now you can also uh, participate in the equity splits on the back end. On the back end means when you sell the property, there's a split that you can agree upon with your investors that you're gonna give them and keep yourself. For example, you can say, Mr. Investor, when I sell the property, 50% of the profits go to you and 50% come to me. I mean, that's a great thing where you can almost triple, double or triple their rate of return on investment. Now, let's um, turn to uh, how to find investors. This is this is probably one of my funnest parts was when I deal with students, I love to do this. Now, let me just say this. When you are on the phone with a potential investor or you are sitting across the table from one, there are three things going through their mind. Number one is they're thinking about you. Can I trust you? Number two, they're thinking about the deal. Is it a good deal? And number three, they're thinking about the risk. How risky is this deal? All right. So in this meeting with your with your potential investor, you need to address the you, the deal, and the risk. Okay, need to be addressed with those things. We're gonna get to that a little later. But how you find your investors? Let me share that with you. When you are at the beginning level, and you are basically uh, this will be your humble beginnings. So your humble beginnings are probably going to be the same with mine. Okay, we have to start someplace. So here's where you're gonna start. You're going to start uh, by going to real estate club meetings, you know, the RIA meetings. You're going to go to meetup.com get-togethers that are, you know, real estate meetings. You're going to go to chamber of commerce meetings. But I suggest you start first in your inner circle, right? Such as your friends, family, co-workers, and former co-workers. That's where you start. That's your humble beginnings. That's where all of our students started. Some of them have gone on to raise millions of dollars, but that's where they started. Now, I know what some of you may be thinking. And this, th this thinking that you have, it's a lame excuse. Here's what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, Peter, I don't know anyone with money. All of my friends and family are broke. And I'm too embarrassed to ask my coworkers. That's a lame excuse. That's a lame excuse. Let me give you the truth. There's four truths to that statement. All right. Number one is, the fact is, you just don't know anyone yet with money. Okay. Number two is, there's more money out there today than there are deals. Deals are hard to come by, but there's more money out there right now than there are deals. Number three, money follows good deals. That's a fact. That's certain. And number four, here's your job. Your job is to put together good deals. That's your job. You put together good deals, the money will follow it. You put together good deals, you'll find out that there's more money out there than there are deals. All right, you put together good deals and you will find that person. So don't give me that lame excuse, okay? Please don't. So I'm, I'm gonna challenge you right now, okay? I'm gonna challenge you. This is what I do to our students. This is part of their training and most of them are successful because of this challenge. Here's a challenge. I want you to make a list of 24 people that you know with money or people that you may know who may know people with money, okay? Irregardless, it's, it's a list of 24 people. 
Next is, once you have this list, I want you to contact them and send them the executive summary. Now, this executive summary I'm referring to, it's a one-page summary of the deal. And um, it's available to you. If you go on to YouTube and you look at this video called The Basics of Real Estate Syndication, there's a link there that you can download. And it's the exact same copy our students use that we send out to potential investors just to gauge their interest, okay? You're not asking for money. It's just to gauge their, their interest. So you send this out to the 24 people. Here's what's going to happen. Out of the 24 people, 12 are going to look at it. That means the other 12 are not even going to read it, right? So 12 are going to look at it. Out of those 12, six are going to show some interest. Okay, the other six are not interested at all, right? Out of those six that show interest, three are going to want to talk to you. Out of those three, one will invest. That's the ratio for beginners. That's a 24 to, 24 to 1 ratio. You probably didn't want to hear that, but that's the fact of the matter when you're first starting out. You need to touch 24 people to get one investor when you're first starting out. Okay? Again, probably not what you want to hear, but there's no way around that. There's no shortcut. No one is going to hand you investors. You have to go out and get them yourself. All right? Okay. So I just challenged you, go do this and you will get results. I want to move on to how many investors do I need? Here's the answer. You need double. Okay, That's the quick answer. Here's a long answer. If you need $250,000 for a down payment, then your goal as a beginning syndicator is to raise or have commitments for $500,000. Okay, Double. You want to know why? It's because people will be people. Some will back out, some aren't ready, some just don't want to do it. So uh, to raise $250,000, you need commitments of double, $500,000, okay? So that's how many investors that you need, okay? Whatever that number is, it's the numerical number of double. The next question is, what comes first, the deal or the investor? That's an easy answer. If you are a beginner, find the investors first. If you are a seasoned investor, the deal comes first. Let's move on to how to convince investors to invest with you. As I shared before, when you are sitting face-to-face -face investors or you have them on the phone, they are thinking about you, can I trust you? They're thinking about the deal, is it a good deal? And they're thinking about the risk, is this a risky deal, right? Now, uh, I'm gonna address um, the you, the deal, and the risk right now in these seven components that you must have to convince investors to invest with you. These seven things will position you for the investor to say yes. Number one is your deal must be underpriced. It must be priced under the market so that they know they're getting a good deal. Everyone likes a deal, right? Number two, the deal must have some income upside, meaning that there's potential to raise the rent. There's a potential to get higher lease rates because as you know, in commercial, as your income goes up, so does your property value. So if your deal had that attribute to it, um, that's a good one. Number three, you need to have an excellent cash and cash return. Your ROI must be better than what they're getting with their, their IRA or their 401k. So make sure you have excellent cash and cash return. I would say minimum, 8%, minimum, right? Number four, your deal must have good demographics, meaning that the market must be a good one, the neighborhood, and um, you get you know good job statistics and basically, the area of the market must be capable of sustaining your investment for years to come. 
Okay, so do that research. Number five, your exit strategy must be realistic and conservative. If your exit strategy is too aggressive, they will see that as too risky and they will not invest. That simple. Number six is have a track record. It doesn't have to be your track record. You can bring in someone else's track record and make them a partner in the deal. But you must show a track record, okay? And if you don't have a track record yourself, go out and bring someone on your team, like a property manager or something, okay? Number seven, you need to prepare an executive summary. As I mentioned before, you can go on to my YouTube video called Basics of Real Estate Syndication, and you can download this executive summary. So if you have those seven things, you put yourself in the best position for the investor to say yes. I'm going to leave you with one word of wisdom here on convincing your investors to invest with you. The word of wisdom is to start small. All right, start small. Don't um, start off by having to raise millions and millions of dollars. Start small, okay? Make it easy for yourself. All right, let's move on to the top three questions investors will ask. You need to know what these questions are, and, uh, and more so, you need to know the answers. All right, question number one is, is there a guarantee that I'll get my money back? Okay, this is a question the investor is going to ask you. Is there a guarantee that they're going to get their money back? The answer is no. There is a risk in every investment on the planet. It's not just your investment. It's everything. If they put the money in a 401k or stocks, there's even a risk there, right? How many people have lost money in their 401k when the last bust? Many, millions, right? However, you can tell them that their investment is secured by the property, which is in an LLC. And in addition to that, there's also going to be property insurance that will protect them against loss, uh, you know, fire loss, flood loss, vandalism, uh, things like that. So they'll have that um, security, but you can't guarantee them anything. Number two is, when will I get my money back, right? So the answer is, it depends on the extra strategy. So when you meet your investor, have the extra strategy in terms of years already figured out. For example, you can tell them, well, you know, um, the deal goes on for five years. Five years, I'm planning on selling the property. So you'll get your money back in five years, right? So it's deal dependent. So typically, just let you know that most investors don't want to see their money tied up for more than five years. So typically, an extra strategy is three to five years. Third question that they're most likely to ask is, do I get tax benefits? The first answer out of your mouth should be, please contact your CPA to get you know that advice. I'm not a tax professional. So that's your first answer. The second answer that you can include is, uh, you can tell them that you know since the IRS may call them most likely a passive investor, and therefore they will not qualify for tax write-offs directly from the property. However, the cash flow they receive may be sheltered by the LOC's write-offs, such as you know the property expenses and depreciation and things like that. What does that mean? It means that it's possible that a good portion of their cash flow, they won't be taxed on. It's going to be, it's going to be sheltered by the LOC's expenses. But again, each deal is different. Make sure you check with your CPA. The last thing I want to do here is go over with you a real deal example from one of our students in our protege program. So it's a 24 unit apartment deal. He bought it for $925,000. The down payment was $200,000. He was able to raise the down payment from two investors. Now, the great thing about this deal is the rents 
can be raised by and are being raised by $150 per unit. That's substantial. And the reason why is the seller lives in another state and there's virtually no debt on the property. So he's not paying for a large mortgage. So he's been getting steady cash flow. And to keep his apartments full, he keeps the rents really, really low. So he has not optimized the rents. So we, we noticed that in our research. So the rents can be raised by $150 per unit. If I do the math, $150 per unit times 24 units, that's $3,600 more income per month. Or multiply that by 12 months, that's $43,200 more per year. That's significant. As you guys know, from watching my other videos and listening to other podcasts, as the NOI goes up, so does the property value. In this case, if I divide my additional income of $43,200, if I divide it by 8%, by 8 cap, my property value increase is $540,000. If I were to take that increase in value, that $540,000, and I add it to what I purchased it for, $925, that makes the apartment building now worth $1,465,000. Here's the question, though. Question of the day is, how did he structure the deal with his investors? Here's what he did. He is going to pay and has been paying his investors 8% return per year for the usage of their money for five years. And then at the end of five years, he's going to sell the property, then do an equity split with them. He's going to give them 25% of the profits when he sells it, when he sells the property. So if we do the math, he's probably going to double or triple that 8% return per year once that's done. I can't go over that now because I need a whiteboard to do that, but do the math and you'll find out. Um, here's his extra strategy to complete the rent increases over you know the next 18 months and then do a cash out refi and pull out all the investor money and pay back the investors. That's his plan in the next 18 months to two years. In that case, investors will have their money back, but what he wants to do is have investors maintain a small piece of ownership so they'll get checks every quarter. So in essence, the investors will have no money in, but they're still been getting money from the property. So the question becomes, do you think that they will invest with him again? Of course they would, right? They got the money back. They're not invested in this property, but they still have ownership. Of course they will. So that's how he uh, structured his deal. I'll keep it nice and short and simple. But this was his first deal, so we kept everything nice and simple for him. All right, hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can get more podcasts or videos like this by going onto our website, commercialpropertyadvisors.com, or you can simply subscribe to this podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Basics of Real Estate Syndication. I'll see you at the next recording.